being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. The Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of drive radio brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call. 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio, the second half. And I'm your host, Dennis Brewster, and I got a room full of people here. Yeah. You want to learn anything about cars? We got a guy that knows everything about cars because he sells them all the time. <laughs> and then <laughs> we got people that know how to work on them. We got his Josh over here. We got Justin who sells them. And then we got Elizabeth High School started a new program. So we got Derek, the instructor from there. So anything you got questions about. And it's so cool that we have that, that you're here Derek, because you hear about automotive classes being shut down all over the country and that they're not available and stuff like that. And, you know, we look as I say, we, I I owned Extreme Auto Repair in Parker, and I used to look for students at these places, Mm -hmm. right? And I would go to the classes and and go, you know, I I went to Pickens Tech Mm -hmm. for a while and would uh, tell the students what I'm looking for as an owner, you know, and, and how you should, you know, how you can interview there to get a job. And stuff, and what I look for, you know, and all of us look for that stuff. You know, we look for certain things, qualifications for these kids and stuff. And it's, so. it's really important to have industry folks like yourself. I really appreciate you being involved in the, those high school and post-secondary uh, classes because without knowing what the industry needs, uh, we instructors can get out of date really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I haven't worked professionally as an auto mechanic or technician uh, seven, eight years now. Um, so I rely on those people that come in with our uh, – we have advi- advisory committee meetings. We invite people from the industry and say, hey, what do you need out of our applicants? What skills are are, def- are they deficient in? You know, a lot of times it's a lot basic electricity. So yeah. we've got a strong focus that uh, within within our classes. And here. you guys are also ASC certified? Is that what you're saying? Um, n- no, uh, we're not yet NATEF or um, we follow the NATEF or ASC Education Foundation, um, their, their curriculum for maintenance light repair. Um, but we're not yet certified through ASC Education Foundation because our shop isn't built yet. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's so, the other problem. Yeah, you don't have a shop yet, but he's still working it, making it work. Hey, yeah. A lot of us got our start. You know, I I started in my own driveway, and yeah. I bought, oh, yeah. bought an old Jeep CJ7, yeah. and um, gosh, that thing taught me so much, and the hard way too. Um, but uh, you know, the students they love it. We're working outside on the, on the concrete. We're working in the dirt, and that's okay because they don't complain. And in fact, just this past school year, our first year for the program. Uh, I had to set a minimum temperature for the for us to work outside. I said, but below 20 degrees, we're not going out. <laughs> oh, come on, Spawn. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I remember, I'm, I bet you, I don't know if I, I'm a lot older than you guys here, but I remember working on a car right on side of the house, and it was an Opal. Yeah. <laughs> I was 15, and that was our first engine we rebuilt. Cool. The dads couldn't get it to work in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so we asked them if we can try it. And they said, sure. So three of us kids went out there and just tore it apart. Tore it all apart. Wound up finding the parts we needed to order. We, you know, went to the auto repair or a uh, parts store. Yeah. Got these parts. 
put it together and it fired up and ran and these dads were sitting on their you know they were all giggling about his <laughs> and it yeah, started yeah. and they were speechless yeah, <laughs> you know that. so awesome. i love that 15 yeah. i loved to work on motors i used to take lawnmower apart all the time just to see how it worked you know you I'd love taking things apart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and that's how you start. You know, you start exactly. tearing it apart and putting it back together. Well, again, to speak to that, we uh, were over the last break or the break before that, we were talking about, um, you know, the importance of auto shop in high school. And I, I don't want to step up on a pedestal here. I'm this no, not why no. I'm here, but um, it is important. It's opportunities like this for kids to show their, their, their talent. Not every kid can be an A-plus student in history, math, science, the core curriculum. But you put them out in auto shop, and all of a sudden they're a rock star. And those are the kids that can go on to really have a great impact on right. on our field, um, give great customer experiences, customer service, the whole thing, wherever they fit in into the automotive world. Without that opportunity to express themselves or to find that that passion, you, we're leaving them out, out to dry because mm-hmm. college isn't for every student. Right, um, it's, not. it's for a lot of students, and that's okay. Um, but we have some great educators that will guide them through that. But what about the other students that might might be thinking about trade school or going right into an apprenticeship apprenticeship program? If they don't know the advantages or disadvantages there, benefits, pay, all the stuff that goes into your pocket, plus what doesn't come out of your pocket for benefits, it's all really important. So in, in our classes, we talk about that. We have honest conversations. We ask um, you know industry partners to come along and. Hey, talk to the kids. Talk about your apprenticeship program. What's different about it versus, um, you know, maybe a trade school opportunity or going into the service. You know, and, and a lot of times, you know, the kids are getting bored. They're going to probably drop out of school or something. And then a program like this comes along and it gets their excitement. And all of a sudden they're like excited to go to school because they want to go see what we're going to learn today in auto repair. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the auto repair side of it, when you're teaching them this mechanics and stuff, you might have to tell them you got to learn math. Yeah, and then they oh, you gosh. give them a math program, and they're trying to build a differential, and they can't figure it out. And then you go, "That's your math," and then all of a sudden in math, they're picking it up, and they're going, "Hey, I'm getting to understand this." Yeah, and now now this is easier than I thought, yeah. you know. And it gives them the excitement, and so it really creates a lot of more, a lot more, I don't know, excitement to go to school it and, does. and to get the kids going. Um, our grandson's 15, and he got into he's he's in Douglas County. He's over by. Um, on the other side by Santa Fe. Yeah. Uh, he lives, I'm trying to think of the thing, Red uh, Roxboro. He lives in yeah. Roxboro. And he goes to school over there in Douglas County there. And, and um, he got into wood shop. He called me up and he says, hey, Pope, oh, I'm, that's what he calls me. Yeah. <laughs> he, he goes, I got into wood shop. And this is really cool. And I'm building this stuff. I did a, uh, I made a, you know, this. And I did, he was talking about going in the second year of it all. He goes, I hope I can get in and stuff. He goes, because I really want to get in and start learning how to do electrical, and I wanted to learn how to solder. I said, well, let me get the soldering gun down. I got it down. I started teaching him how to solder wires. Yeah. And he goes, well, what do I do? And I started talking to him about it. You got to get hot enough, touch it, and it should melt right on in, just flow right in. Started showing him soldering some wires, and he got all thrilled. Oh, yeah. And I can't imagine what you see when you see these kids all of a sudden get it. You know, like, ooh, I got it. I understand this. That's That's why the thing about automotive, too, is, you know, that wood shop class. We fabricate right you know, in automotive. Exactly, you know, biology, chemistry, mm-hmm. you know, math, <laughs> all of it, physics, know, all, physics, all of this. Yeah. Not only that, but if you're going to get into this, what about customer service? Yeah. What about yeah. public speaking? What about being able to be in front of your customers 
and be able to explain the stuff that you're doing as well. I mean, there's a, I, I think that's a great thing that you've got this uh, program going, and I think that is getting them excited about everything else in their schooling as well. I think it's fantastic. It'd be great to Thank have you. him come to this class too and talk to Love the kids. I'd, I'd be happy to. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Because so, like, he, here's an avenue that he might not work on the cars. Oh, yeah. But he understands them and knows how they work. And he can go in there and show them, you know, that's another thing. Because, like, in the auto industry, there's not just mechanics. Right. There's all kinds of people. You know, you got people on the front end that talk to the customers. They're the liaison. They talk yeah. between the customer and you. And they got to make sure the mechanic's doing exactly what he said. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or the technician. Their mechanic's done. <laughs> and I know I preach that all the time, and here I am saying it. So there's a lot that goes on inside a, a shop. You know, and, and when you have used cars and you're selling cars – and when you have tow companies, you know, my best tow guys were guys that were technicians Absolutely. that said, I'd like to go into to working on the, or to driving this. And then when they drove those trucks, those are the best trucks. They never broke yep. down. Yes. There was never problems <laughs> with them. But then the guy that didn't work on them doesn't understand them. He was the one always having problems. And yeah, yeah. so yeah. there's so much that goes on. And in a dealership, there's like 100 different places to work. You know, oh, without a doubt, and and most of our shops are like a mini dealership. You're right. like a mini dealership. Yeah, we are. That's what sure. we had. We had twenty. We had twenty bays, and we had twenty eight employees, and and you know you get big, and then you got all this stuff that you got to work with, and it's it's fun. It's it fun, and it's a great fun. career. It, it's a great way to go start a career and stuff. So, well, it's that's what we're looking for. Is we want to start careers for the students. Um, they already have the interest for the most part. We're just giving them different avenues to get into into their career jobs are great especially right. during high school and trade school college right so um you know those those like uh, J- justin you mentioned you might want to come talk to us that that would be fantastic because everyone has a good story to tell it doesn't matter if you think it's oh maybe the kids w- wouldn't appreciate it well uh, yeah it's important we need to hear your failures to understand your successes yep Yep. Yep. and you know if when i was first starting out i went to pickens yeah it was aurora technical center and they told me i wouldn't that they kicked me out of the auto program to be honest with you because really? they had too many oh. and they said everybody just wants to learn to work on their cars and i said well i got three friends that i know just want to learn how to work on their cars i fix their cars all the time yeah let me go and get them out and they said no they put me in appliance repair but the appliance repair had better electrical course yeah yes. and that's where i kicked off because when i went to work on cars uh, Dotsons, mm-hmm. i knew more about electrical than i did anything so I had I had I was really good when I first started. They're going how they had this Z car that they couldn't figure out, and I figured out the ground was bad inside the computer, and they were trying to get me to figure out how'd you do that. And I said I don't know. I just was going through the the schematic. wiring schematic, and yeah. I found out that you know let me see if I grounded here what happens, and then the injectors fired off. Wow! And they're like, oh my gosh, you know this? And I'm like, well yeah, it's electrical. It's real easy. Yeah, you know. And then AC was real easy for me too. I loved air conditioning. You know, so I did too. Yeah, you got to take what is delivered to you and just work with it. Yeah. I would have never thought though I'd be on a radio show. <laughs> That's the one thing I would have said I'm never going to do. But then in in uh, when I bought the shop in '99, they had this radio show going on, and I joined the Napa group. And yeah. they and John was there, and he goes, "I go, what's this radio show?" And he told me, and I said, "I'd like to come on. I yeah. come on." and try it and it was easy it was you know it's just you're just talking to them we're talking to us four guys you know yeah. and maybe someone who calls in so with that i got a caller that just came in but what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break so mark hang on we'll take a quick break we'll get right to you when you get back you're listening to klz 560 
Geno's Auto Service is promoting a smooth ride with special savings on struts. Your struts play a big part in the handling of your vehicle and the comfort in your ride. This month, purchase two Napa Quick Struts and earn a $50 prepaid Visa card. Purchase four Napa Quick Struts and you'll receive a $150 prepaid Visa card. Updating and replacing struts are important to the structure holding your tires, the brakes, and steering system. Geno's is celebrating 40 years in business, serving Colorado families in Littleton. We back up our work with Napa's nationwide 36-month, 36,000 miles peace of mind warranty. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick up when ready. We're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon. We invite you to check out all our Google reviews. Enjoy a smooth ride and get either a $50 or $150 prepaid Visa card with a new strut purchase. Give us a call or go online to schedule an appointment. That's Geno's with a J. Visit us online at genosautoservice.com. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage. And something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic, altercations, and accidents, so put this number into your phone. 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Never know how. The friendly folks at your local Napa Auto Care Center appreciate their customers, and they like to show it. Stop by your Napa Auto Care Center today and ask for your customer loyalty card. It has a valuable offer you can use again and again. It's their way of thanking you again and again for your business and loyalty. Find your nearest store at NapaOnline.com. Napa Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. 
Okay, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Phone number 303-477-5600. we got a couple lines open. Um, we got Mark holding from Lakewood. Thank you for holding, Mark. How can we help you? Yeah, you bet. I have a question for you guys in reference to uh, maintenance costs on a like a diesel pickup versus a gas engine pickup. How much more would a person expect to pay, let's annually, for maintenance costs? Mm, probably three to four times as much. Um, for a diesel. For diesel. Yeah, I mean, even a, a new diesel truck... Um, your oil changes are probably going to be about three or four hundred dollars. Uh, fuel filters, every other oil change would probably be recommended. Those are going to run you $150, $200. Um, and then as that vehicle starts to get towards 100,000 miles, you're going to start running into turbos, injectors on these newer trucks, a lot of diesel emissions equipment. Um, my Ford F350 is down right now because it needs a $5,000 diesel particulate filter. Truck has 105,000 miles on it. So if you don't need the absolute power, you know, what, what are you towing, Mark? Are you towing something? You know, and yeah, that's a good point. Uh, in the summer, maybe once every month, I might be hauling a fifth wheel. How heavy is it? And, uh, it's like 8,000 pounds. I mean, I'd still probably recommend a diesel truck just yeah. for the safety and the power and the brakes. Um but, man, if it was just something that you're going to drive around town, maybe come by a well, Honda Civic from me in the in the meantime. You can drive that in between your your, See, your road trips. Mark, you just t- triggered something really good to me or a thing. Because when you meet with Justin, he's going to put you in the truck that, you know, he's going to ask you a lot of questions what you need and why you need it. And then that right. helps you put the right person in the in the right car. You know, because sometimes people buy too much. Mm-hmm. You know, they buy a diesel well, and then they drive it around all day long, and that's not a vehicle you don't want to do that with. No, if that's if it's not making you money, then you might want to have a, a second vehicle or a third vehicle. Because diesel truck, don't be surprised if it's going to cost you five to seven thousand dollars a year just in upkeep. Wow. You know, in earlier vehicles, you know, when you bought a diesel, it was like you wouldn't have to have a lot of work done at first, but boy, when it came up to it, mm-hmm. it is expensive. Yeah. Because you know, where a, a a gas car you might be spending like, you know, in a year you might spend 2 3000. When it comes down to a diesel getting work done, it's going to be more like 6, yeah. 6 yeah. or 7. Yeah. yeah. You know, get no no, and like to say I don't you know, I, to tell you the truth, I would probably be driving it as almost as a commuter vehicle more often than pulling a fifth wheel so that's why i was you know i wasn't sure i've never owned a diesel but i wasn't sure about the maintenance so that clarifies that and i really appreciate it yeah have you yeah, bought a I'm truck already what's that did you buy something already no i haven't i'm looking i have a here's what i have i have a, a, a 93 f-250 and it's got heavy duty suspension on it mm-hmm. it's only got 170,000 miles mm-hmm. and i've been using that but it's not you know it's it, it's been a dependable vehicle, and the guy that had it before me took really good care of it. So I was thinking about buying a new truck and getting rid of it. Yeah, know? I mean, and there's been a lot of changes since 93. That That's a yeah. fantastic truck, but, I mean, you've got so much more power now, so many more creature comforts, right. um, which uh, different things are important to different people. Some people just want a truck that they can drive. Other people want to jump in their truck and have a heated steering wheel when it's zero degrees outside. So, you know, right. a lot of those diesel trucks, <laughs> yeah. you, can, you, can, yeah. you yeah. can get, you know, equipped with those creature comforts. Yeah. Um, I probably wouldn't recommend yeah. using it as a daily driver. Um, that's also going to hurt some of the emissions equipment on that vehicle. 
if you're not pulling weight with it and it's not working hard, you're you're going to build up more ash, more soot. Um, that's going to cause some issues. Yeah. Um, so if you do decide to to use it as a commuter, get out on the highway, get it hot. You know, you kind of got to run the truck hard still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's better for construction guys oh, yeah. that have a lot that they have to haul or yeah. something like that. If you have a lot of stuff yeah. in it, because right. those diesel trucks want to work. Yeah. 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 They're a Clydesdale. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That, that helps clarify that. Like, say, I, I may go look at some trucks, and, and like I say, I'm, I may lean more towards a, a gas engine than. Yeah. And, Mark, I don't do a whole lot with trucks. Um, our shop is in Boulder. So, in Boulder, we sell Priuses and electric cars and little, <laughs> little SUVs. Yeah. But if you have right. any questions throughout the process, don't hesitate to call me. I, I'd still be more than happy to, to help you through that process. I enjoy what I do. Um, so 303-442-4141 is, is our store line. And don't hesitate to, to reach out to me. Um, Josh, Josh pays me just to show up. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. I, I really appreciate the uh, input. That helped help give me some direction. Awesome, Mark. All right. Have a good day. You too. With that, let's go to Bill from Longmont. How you doing, Bill? Hello. Enjoy your show. I appreciate thanks, it. Bill. Yes, um, I have an old, I guess it's tractor day. I have an old Ford tractor. It's a six-volt positive ground, and uh, the, uh, the uh, generator light was on, and I revved it up, and it went out, and then it was okay, and I warmed it up and changed the oil, and then I started it up again, and now the light's on again. I took the generator off and had it bench-tested, and they said it was fine. Uh, so I guess it's maybe something with a... Uh, regulator, somebody said you're supposed to polarize those. I've never done that in my life. I've changed some, but do you got to polarize those? You know, you can fix that tractor. The 6 volt is really weak to turn those tractors on. I have a 9 in and it was a po- it was the same thing, it was a positive ground 6 volt system and it just cranks over slow. I switched it to a 12 volt negative ground. And you change the alternator, the battery, um, the points. Yeah, the points. You get rid of the points and put electronic ignition in, and that thing fires up so sweet now. It, it doesn't even barely cranks, and it fires right up and runs great. I would recommend that, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, it's uh, kind of, leaving that original, I just didn't want to go to that much work. I just wondered why the... Well, generator light would stay on. It could be the voltage regulator. You almost have to test everything, and mm-hmm. it's, it's fairly simple to test. You just got to see what you got coming out of that alternator. And, well, uh, that, the generator I did, they, they claimed it was 35 amps. They, they tested it yesterday. That's full so max. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. So they said it was doing, it was good, so Wrong. that kind of eliminated the generator. But then your voltage regulator is separate, so you can you can measure that and see what it's doing. And then, yeah, yeah. That's a really, really, yeah. That's about it. So yeah, yeah. But the light stays on, so it mustn't be discharging some reason. Well, that's why you got to put a meter on to see if you're actually discharging or not. What's going on? Uh-huh. Yeah. What would I put the meter from the? Uh, uh, you could put on the battery. And yeah. See if yeah. You know what you got? Yeah, the brand the, new battery battery that's great because a brand new battery is going to be a big help that's kind of the capacitor it re- stores and regulates energy um if you haven't used a, a meter before 
nothing to be ashamed of, but just setting it to volts, uh, DC, that's all, all a direct current, and then uh, just connecting one one red lead to the positive and then uh, actually switch them because it's yeah, yeah it's positive, positive ground. ground. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and quite honestly, either, either way, it's going to give you a, a number, whether it has a negative in front of it or not. Um, and we're just looking, you know, your average fully charged battery is at 12.6 volts or just above. Well, that should uh, be 6. Or, excuse me, 6.3 <laughs> 6. volts would be because it's 2.1 per cell. So thanks for reminding me. Um, 6.3 volts, and then if you're above that, the uh, the generator is producing amperage right. mm-hmm. and voltage. How many amps? Well, then that's a whole different story. Yeah, and then you got to get an amp meter on it. Yeah, right. yeah. Okay, just uh, okay. Just check the voltage when it's running across the battery. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, and it should be over 6.3. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anything above that is in recharge. Anything below that is in discharge. I know you want to keep it original, but I tell you what, I did mine, and it is so sweet how it runs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I I mean, it's just uh, I didn't want to put that much work into it right now. It's not too bad. It's really pretty simple. You just change the the generator, as they call it, and the battery, and then the wire is going to the distributor. They give you a a whole kit. You find what about it, your headlights and stuff? That one it, it works better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just they work brighter. great. You change the positive to, uh, you know, you don't have a positive ground anymore. You have a negative ground, and you just switch those around, the cables around. It's really simple to do. You'd be you'd be shocked how easy it is and how it starts. I mean, it's crazy. During the winter, when I yeah. want to use it to get my driveway clean, it didn't want to start very good. It would just crank so slow, and you're like, okay, I hope it's going to get it this time. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. Yeah, I I don't start it in the winter, but I got a '55 Thunderbird. Also, at six volt, but it's got overdrive, so you got all that solenoids and relays and stuff at six volt. And I was thinking of changing that to twelve, but I don't know. It sounds like a nightmare. Yeah, I don't think it is. I think yeah. you'd be surprised. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, wouldn't that uh, burn up the solenoids and relays for the overdrive? No, trend? no, they don't work that way. Yeah, it doesn't work that way. They have a, a ground and a positive, and that's. They're just a, it's just a relay. It's just, yeah. When, yeah. Wouldn't all your gauges be reading off, like fuel and temperature and everything? They wouldn't be reading correct, would they? Fortunately, no. It's it's uh, just based on electron theory and all that other scientific stuff. Um, it's a matter of the operating voltage for each of the different items, like uh, talking about the transmission solenoids for overdrive. Uh, whether they receive 6 volts and a good ground or they receive 12 volts and a good ground, the operation remains the same. It's just electromechanical. So you, you apply a voltage to it. If that voltage is 6, good. If it's 12, maybe a little bit better. So if, if anything, it would be an improvement. Yeah. Wouldn't burn them up, huh? No, no. sir. Hmm. That's interesting. Because I've, I've read that it would. You'd have to change all that stuff out. Okay. It would be off and everything. Hmm. On on the Thunderbird, they make resistors yeah. that you can put in to help let your stock gauges work. So yeah, the kit it, would provide all that. Yeah, yeah if exactly. You get, if you buy a kit to do this, they give you everything you need to make it work right. Hmm. Well, I'll have to check into that. Yeah. I okay. do it with the tractor, I'm telling you. I love my tractor. I was getting frustrated with it because sometimes it didn't want to start. And, is and is now, this a one-wire alternator? Is that what they call it? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, if I can't get a fix, maybe I'll go that route. All right. Okay. Thank you, Bill. Thank you.
All right, with that, uh, we have two lines open, 303-477-5600. Ken, hang in there. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie Distributing, your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. With school carpool season upon us, we wanted to share some tips from the Car Care Council to make sure that your vehicles are kid-safe and road-ready. First, check your lights and wipers for visibility. With the shorter days and less daylight, it's critical to ensure proper visibility. Second, get your annual brake inspection. Every year, you need to ensure that you're checking brake system components for wear and especially the brake fluid. Third, Check your tires for underinflation or excessive wear. Fourth, make sure that everybody in the seat is buckled up. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration website has some important tips on seatbelt fit and positioning, as well as how to install car seats for kids of all sizes. And fifth, consider a backup detection device. Consider having a backup detection device installed that provides rear view video or warning sounds when moving in reverse. Back to school time is a hectic time for most families, but scheduling a complete vehicle inspection is time well spent. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG. We'll talk to you again next week. Never know how. Okay, your week is crazy. Your local Napa Auto Care Center understands. That's why we're open Saturdays for your convenience. Get that oil change you've been putting off way too long. Be done with those squeaky brakes that are on your last nerve. We get it. Our Napa Auto Care Center is open Saturday. When you maybe don't have soccer, dance class, a late meeting at work, you name it. Call for a Saturday appointment now. Find your store at NapaOnline.com. Napa know Do you know that your windshield is getting more expensive to replace? Most vehicles have options that help keep the vehicles from avoiding accidents or even keep it in the traffic lane. These windshields require more than just a replacement of the glass. They also require a calibration of the computer system to make sure everything is operational to the specifications the manufacturer set when the vehicle was built. You can't trust the traveling glass replacement shop to do these necessary calibrations as they require special equipment and in most cases an indoor shop to perform the calibration. We have two Novus locations that can replace your windshield and also do these calibrations. Novus Fort Collins and Novus Sterling. Both are fully equipped with the latest technology to service your vehicle properly. Find either location by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured. But you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, You'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now at 303-662-0789. 
That's 303-662-0789. All right, we're back. I want to thank Ken for holding over the break there. Let's just go right to Ken and see what's going on, Ken. Hi, about a year ago, I talked to uh, John, and he recommended a auto body shop. I, I got too close to some poles that have white paint on them, and it rubbed off on my car. Uh, I just wonder if you uh, still have the name of that company. Um, let me see who he's got. Hey, Ken, is it just paint transfer, or is there actual, like, rippling in the metal? No, there's actually, a, it's just paint transfer. You, have you tried just take like a little rubbing alcohol or lacquer thinner in a rag and see if that white paint comes off? I bet you a lot of it will just rub right off. Yeah, actually, I tried a, a clay brick, uh-huh. the, the clay yeah. bar, uh-huh. and uh, that took a little bit of it off. But uh, I think what happen, has happened is that the scratches are a little bit too deep. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. All right. I was just yeah. trying to save you a little money if I could. <laughs> yeah, I don't know who he would have mentioned. Um, is it... Go ahead. Joaquim? Is it? No, I uh, can't. Den- Denver Auto Body? Do you know a Denver Auto Body, Ken? Uh, I do not. But, uh, Try that. Joaquim? There's a Joaquim that works there that John probably would have recommended. Okay, that's Denver Auto Body. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if that'll work for you. Alrighty, and it's Joaquin. Yeah. With a J. Yeah. Okay. Okay, great. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. You bet. Yeah, you're right. There's sometimes you can just get that paint off. Yeah, and sometimes it'll just rub right off. Yeah, there's different kinds of stuff. Um, I actually found some stuff for my boat and that works really good. It's by, um, I'd have to think of the name of it. But we have two lines open, 303-477-5600, and we got Gent from Denver. How you doing? Hi. Yes, sir, I'd like to contribute a little bit to the uh, guy that was inquiring about the 12-volt conversion. Uh-huh. And you had mentioned a kit. Now, you can, with Google these days, you could just, I did, I Googled just 12-volt conversion, and my projects were a 47 Cadillac with a flathead V8 uh-huh. and uh, a Ford and then a Dodge afterwards. And once we figured out the kit, you can look at the kit when you... uh when you know you do your google search and if you're at all handy you can come up with a lot of parts yourself but specific to his question about the uh 12 volts hurting his gauges now in the cadillac i found out the hard way the 12 volts burned up the little miniature armature on the uh gas gauge needle and uh you mention the resistors so the kits have resistors for like say instead of sourcing the 52 light bulbs that were in this six volt vehicle Mm -hmm. you can get the kit with like four to six bulbs to one resistor 
and you figure out how many bulbs you have and they'll pack the kit with how many resistors you need so your six volt bulbs will run 12 volts without having to go all through the car and find that you know each bulb out and then the uh, gauges each have specific I think I was able to use one resistor for two gauges sure. at a time. Yeah, they yes, usually sir. have a lot of that stuff in those kits, depending on they what... They do. Yeah. They went all the way to inquiring what distributor I had for the Cadillac and included a little miniature, like a Unilite ignition module that replaced the points. I didn't trust this. I kept the points with me. And this, this little thing never failed. It made the ignition spot on. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, the kit was really extensive. And there are a few out there. You can look at them and tell which one you want. But the, he mentioned, or, or somebody mentioned, the one-wire alternator. And that seems to be the whole the go-to with all these kits. And uh, it allowed me to, um, I ended up, changing out the vacuum wipers to 12-volt electric wipers, the whole bit. And works a lot yeah. better, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. 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 especially yeah. going uphill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. One thing I stuck with was the um, heater motor. And so far as taking that 12 volts, the heater motor oh, yeah, and would. the 6-volt horn. Yeah. These horns sound like a ship in the harbor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's great. And the uh, starter, they inquired what kind of starter I had and just sent me a heavier Bendix spring. That was it. It's still yeah. a 6-volt yeah. starter, but a 12-volt um, Bendix. And the uh, only thing that I've been worried about was there's a, a sending unit for the fuel in the tank, and I didn't want to drop this as a 47 Caddy. It's mm-hmm. just huge, everything. And I took a chance. So far, uh, the uh, sending unit is taking 12 volts as a 6-volt sending unit. But I had to go through and reestablish all the grounds, wake up the grounds. And the system, like bright tail lights, really bright dome lights, everything. It's 100% better car. It's more practical. I can imagine I can imagine because yes, you know you think about it. You got twelve volts instead of six. I mean, now you got more amperage. Right. You know that's what yeah. what you need. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It, it, the whole ignition system loves it. You can just tell the cars. You know, it yeah. snaps when you start it. Right. And it's um, it's I believe it's getting it's a flathead V eight three forty six. I believe it's actually getting better gas mileage because of the hotter right. spark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. There's a lot of benefits. There were a lot of unintended um, positive consequences to this changeover. And to anybody that's thinking about it, you won't know how easy it is until you actually do it. Right. It's good advice. You know? Yes, it's great advice. Yes, sir. I well, appreciate thanks. you guys' show. Thank you. Well, thanks for the call-in. I appreciate that. So let's go to Dan from Monument. How you doing, Dan? Fine. I just got a question. I bought a new vehicle, uh, an Escalade, uh, 6.2. And 
manual says seventy five hundred to ten thousand on oil changes. I've always been five thousand. What what's your opinion on that? Stick with the five. Yeah. Yeah. Stick with the five and yeah. MOA or do yep. you hold off on MOA? You have to wait until ten thousand miles for EPR and MOA. Okay. Um, MOA right. does have some uh, detergents, too, to keep the piston rings clean. So to get those um, rings to sit properly, go ahead and wait until you get to 10,000 miles before you start using those additives. Okay. All right. That's great. And I use mo- Mobile One. Is that pretty good? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. Um, you know, unfortunately, none of us really know what additive packs go into an oil. We kind of have to trust yeah. trust the brand. You know, all these oils you know, kind of come from the same place. It's just... What do they put in them? What kind of detergents do they put in them? What kind of friction modifiers do they put in them? Um, so I believe in Mobile One. I, I trust them, and I hope they're they're doing us all right. So I think that's a good way to go. Okay. On another vehicle, a 2012 Lexus RX 350, about 99000 mm-hmm. Is that car, would it benefit using EPR one time or... Absolutely, oh, yeah. especially those Japanese cars that have really thin yep. piston rings. Yep. When they get dirty, yeah, you're losing compression. You can have some oil consumption issues. So that would be very, very helpful on that car. Especially okay. with our altitude, mm-hmm. it, it yeah. would be helpful because we can't really one. burn them very good. No, we yeah. can't. Okay, and I use MOA in that every oil change, so that's, good. it's been good. Okay, thank you very much. Have yeah. a great week. Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we're loading one up. Steve, I see if you can just hang in there. We're going to go to a quick break. We're right at the top of the hour for that. Um, you're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. No one likes to be that person. You know the one stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555. Or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. BG. If you're new to the area, our Napa Auto Care Center would like to extend a hearty welcome. We'd like to introduce you to our top quality vehicle maintenance and repairs, nationwide warranty, and service you can trust. Stop by our Napa Auto Care Center for your special welcome kit. It has the information you need to get to know us, plus welcome specials to save you money from the very start. Visit NapaOnline.com. Napa Know How. 
Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679, and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. Are you tired of those unsightly sunken concrete areas around your property? Look no further than Raise Tech Concrete Leveling. Proudly serving the Colorado and surrounding communities, we understand the unique challenges posed by clay-rich soils. Does your garage or basement floor use? But don't worry. Our solution can save you both time and money compared to costly replacements. Introducing our revolutionary high-density polyurethane foam injection. We use a DOT-approved formula that's trusted on highways, ensuring top-tier quality for your project. While we can't fix structural issues, we can tackle a wide range of sunken concrete problems. And here's the best part. Our process is quick and hassle-free. Our expert team offers free inspections, taking just about 15 minutes of your time. One great thing is you don't even have to be home for the inspection. We want to ensure your complete satisfaction. Ready to take the first step toward a more even, safe, and beautiful property? Call Chadwick Gardner today at 970-682-5129. That's 970-682-5129. Race Tech Concrete Leveling. Lifting your concrete, lifting your spirits. Don't settle for sunken concrete any longer. Call us now at 970-682-5129. Okay, we're back. You're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. We've got three, three lines full. So let's go right to the phones and go to Steve from LaPorte. How you doing, Steve? Pretty good. You? Good. That uh, guy that's got that 1530 John Deere, um, that's a three-cylinder 164. And depending on the engine serial number, it's, uh, it'll either have a Standine Rusemaster pump or it'll have a... Uh, uh, CAV pump on there, and with that few or that many hours on it over that, because that that's a mid seventies tractor. Um, that pump is probably pretty well trashed because those those Rusen Master pumps were famous for developing a hard hot start problem because the cam rings would get worn and the rollers would get worn inside those pumps. So I'm going to guess that's probably his problem. Um, I don't know which pump he's got. A CAV pump runs about probably eight and a half. I don't know whether uh, that pump place down there in Denver used to be Central Motive Power. I don't know what it is now, but um, I don't know what they run on theirs. I send mine to Oklahoma City. Um, If I don't do my, if it's my own pumps, I redo my own, but I don't do customers. Sure. Well, you're the second person calling in and saying about a pump. And, uh, oh yeah, so yeah. And if he if he sends that pump off, I de- I also change injectors because those injectors are cheap. You can buy them for 
35 bucks well, online all day long. You're that far deep anyway. You might as well go ahead and just replace the injectors. Well, I don't, I don't like to do bumps without changing injectors. Well, no. No. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's good but, information. Uh, Not very many yep, injectors um, to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> tractor, <laughs> tractor guy up here in LaPorte. And I get all the stuff that the dealers don't want to do. The old gas tractors, 40s, 50s, and 60s stuff. Right. Yep. They're not that hard to they work on, but they're free. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But anyway, that's just a suggestion. All right. Well, thank you. You betcha. Take All care. Right. Let's go to Steve from Pueblo. How you doing, Steve? Well, two Steves in a row. How about that? <laughs> How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping that there's some good luck with this, Steve, too. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm getting on a regular basis with you guys with my 2000 e150 with a 4.6 in it i just had uh the uh timing chains and etc etc redone got a uh, a bg oil flush etc etc so anyways i knew i had a, a, a miss in it and i finally I, I i called last week and you guys were saying you really got a you got to get that engine warmed up before it'll show a check engine light, and you were 100% right. And so I got number six cylinder is misfiring, so I got a pretty good idea that I'm looking at an ignition coil or whatever else. So that's not the problem. Problem is I get I get the the van back from the the uh, uh, shop that I got it on. Put it in my driveway, and now it won't start. It just clicks, which indicates to me that that probably something to do with the uh, starter. And if that's, I know that back in the day when you had a standard transmission, you could kind of rock it a little bit, like if it was on a flat spot. So I crawl underneath, make sure the wires are tight, give it a couple love taps with a hammer, and it still clicks. I tried to use one of those uh, battery jump devices and that didn't work so is that sounding more and more like a starter issue steve did you check the cables on the battery already yeah okay just just want to make sure that's one thing that i forget sometimes okay. and i'm quick to throw a starter at something when i don't need to so at least you check that already yeah or yeah. check the battery to see right. what it's got because you might have a problem with the battery it could have a lot of voltage but it doesn't have any amperage mm-hmm. you know there's well, you know those you know those uh uh they're kind of like a suitcase. I don't know what you call them, but then they've got jumper cables built into them. Mm-hmm. It's a jumper I, box. I, yeah, that's yeah. Thank you. Uh, so I put that on there and got the same results. So of course, there's no guarantee. I, maybe I'll plug that jumper box in. But that, I get uh, I get you know all of my low. Uh, well, heck, it started yesterday. <laughs> Dog on it. You know, I've got kind of a, a it's an old school trick, but um, you turn on the headlights. Headlights yeah. are a I big did. amp draw. And if the headlights go out completely when you're cranking, it's an indication that there might be a voltage drop or resistance somewhere. In or the a system, cable or a mm-hmm. cable that's loose. I, I like Justin's idea because those cables on those things, aren't they side? Um, no, those are no. top posts. Are they top posts? Skinny, top, thin yeah. metal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they always broke. There was yeah. Like you can't a, see them break latch though. around the. No, you can't. Yeah, because that bottom one always breaks. Or else it could be weak. Yep. in there and getting ready to break. 
they were also common for corrosion on the positive cable mm-hmm. connection to the starter. So if you can get down to the starter and hook up your box to it, you might have a better shot. Yep. You know, yes, at least the positive. The, uh, yeah, I, I think first of you know, I when, after I got done tapping it, uh, I figured if that didn't do it, then I probably don't have enough juice. And it could be that battery box, too, that jumper box. Well, even anyway. sometimes with batteries, if you have a bad battery, if it's, it's got a problem and you're putting that box on, it really doesn't help it at all. It does not just equalizes. Yeah. Well, it jumps right through, though, right? No. No. The battery. No. Well, it, you know, it started fine yesterday. It started, and I, I back into the... Batteries do that sometimes. Like uh, my uh, first time yeah. experience it, I I pulled up into a grocery store. My wife and I went out and drove and gro- did everything great. Go in there and get the groceries. Come out and the car wouldn't start. Yep. I lost one cell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's just you what can, happens, you know. Uh-huh. Well, especially with battery qualities lately. Yeah, you know, not all of them are domestic. With modern ones, we can put the tester on and it'll say it's okay, and you can rock the car and test again and it'll have a bad cell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Really. So what yeah. you could do is too is if you have a meter, is go down to your starter and put a put your positive side on the starter down there and then find a ground and then have someone turn the key to start and see what you're yeah. getting down there. You might not be getting 12 volts. You might be getting like six or three or something enough yeah. to make it click. Now, I haven't, my, uh, my beloved dog is not, not gotten the, uh, idea of turning the key yet so. oh <laughs> do you have a cat yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh god no don't do that. Yeah. just came up on that one yeah we got everything else down here oh another thing along the same lines this has some sort of a it's got a switch on it that's an aftermarket that was it's supposedly a power boost and it's got a little switch at the uh, down below, and you're supposed to be able to turn that if your battery's got a little bit low, and it somehow or other boosts it up. Have you ever heard of that? It's on the battery or on the the van itself. It's 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 an aftermarket on the van itself, but it it's got a little red light on it, which means is it's drawing power all the Does time. Does it have a second battery hidden someplace? Yeah, that's what it would be. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen. Or is it an RV? Yeah. Is this no, an RV? No, it's just a conversion van. But, but no, it's it's a factory conversion van. It wasn't. It's mm-hmm. not an RV. Yeah. Every time I've seen it, there's a second battery that yeah. goes yeah. with that. Somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, RVs have it, or, yeah. or certain or other conversion ones. Conversion va- yeah, vans have yeah, it. Yeah, they've hidden a second battery really? somewhere in there, and that's what it's doing. Is it's, it's pulling power from that second battery. But it's a, if you haven't known about this second battery, it could be dead, and that could be the problem. Yeah. Right yeah. Where in the heck would you hide the second battery? Some, you, on the frame rails, usually. So I would go down both sides on the frame rails. That's where they like to hide them. There's like a little box on the outside frame rail, and then there might be one under the back seat. Sometimes they have a a fancy, one of those power beds in the back of a conversion van. They'll put that battery back there and run the power power bed because they take a lot of amperage to move that bed up. Yes, they do. This is a manual. Okay. Okay. I I have gone all over this thing, and and usually what I do is I crawl under. When I change the fuel filter, which was a joy, uh, I didn't. I should have gone. You could go from further. the battery backwards and yep. see if there's cables coming f- to the battery to your front battery, and just trace yeah. it backwards yeah. and see if you can find it. Heavy gauge There'd wires. Like yeah. two sets of big cables coming off yeah. the battery. Yep. Now it, would that be that be a full size twelve volt? Yes, yeah, it would be. Yep. That'd yep. be darn. Yep. All Steve, right. We well, got I'll, t- I'll probably talk to you next weekend too. Okay. 
<laughs> All right. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. With that, George, if you can hang on, we got to take a break. We're at the top of the hour, and you're listening to Drive Radio on KLZ 560. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.